Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship weekly podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. All right, good morning. How's everybody this morning? Good. Like Micah said, I'm the pastor of elementary children and families here. I love kids. I always have. Um, I have three boys of my own, and my husband, Con, here in the front row. I have Jonathan, nine. I have uh, Joah, 12, and Joshua, 14. And um, love being a mom, love this church, and I'm so thankful to get to share with you guys this morning um, on faithfulness. This summer, um, Jamie takes a, a preaching sabbatical in the summer, and Asked different people to share, and so this summer they're doing a series on the Great Exchange, and we're focusing on the fruits of the Spirit, and they asked me to speak on faithfulness, and I was really excited because I love, um, if you know me well, I'm big about the reaping and sowing, root to fruit, all that kind of stuff in the Bible really gets me going. My kids at early ages were like, tell me what it means to reap what you sow, you know, because I, I just think there's so many concepts in life and in the Bible that teach us great rich truths about that. So when they said, um, do you want to teach on faithfulness? I was like, woohoo. So today, um, the sermon in a sentence is this. Faithfulness is understanding what God sees as being faithful and trusting his character enough to walk it out. Our, there's a direct relationship with the faithfulness that we have in our lives and our belief that God is a faithful God. And it's more, I'm not just specifically talking about that you believe there's a God and he rewards those that earnestly seek him, that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. I'm talking about that as well as that we will be faithful when we know there's a God who's faithful to us, that has our back. And so when we get in circumstances where it requires extra measures of faithfulness, he is faithfulness, right? So today we're going to start with Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. I want to start off just by laying a foundation to remind us that these are fruits of the Spirit. These are not gifts of the Spirit. There's a difference. I think sometimes we confuse. We think, oh, well, why don't I have that gift? Or why don't I have that gift? Because it's a gift. But we all as believers have access to all of the fruits here. That's really good news. I, I used to, um, before I had kids, I did, I know at least two studies on the fruits of the Spirit, and I would evaluate myself. I'd be like, you know, I'm okay. I've got love, and I'm patient, and go through the whole list. And then after I had kids, I was like, dude, I don't have any fruits of the Spirit. I don't have kindness. I'm not gentle. I have no patience. I mean, we're just being real here, right? Any moms can attest. Um, and so, but the good news is, is that we do, because God's root system is in us. His root system is in you because in Genesis says we are created in his image. And if we're created in his image, that means he's deposited that seed of all of these fruits. And when we say yes to Jesus, Holy Spirit comes and we're filled with, with life. And then he like fertilizes those seeds and they produce beautiful fruit. When parents come to me and say, you know, my Little Johnny wants to be baptized, but, you know, we're not sure, you know, what are some, what do you think? And one of my questions is, is what fruit are you seeing? And it's not performance. It's literally, 
What fruit are you seeing that they have said yes to Jesus? I want to follow him. And almost always the parents are like, yeah, you know, he struggles with telling the truth. And he's been coming this last few months and just being repenting and saying, I took that. I didn't tell you the truth about that. Or, yes, she's really been wanting to read the word on her own. And those are fruits. So this is good news is that we all have the ability to have the fruits of the Spirit in us. Uh, my kids this summer took an art camp, the Giles Art Camp, which, by the way, is a great camp. Um, they came back with all this artwork. And I could tell you which one Joa did and which one Jonathan did, merely by the fact that I knew who the creator was. I knew I know Jonathan. I know what his art looks like. I know what Joah's art looks like. And that's the same way with the Lord. He's created us. He's perfecting us. And so we will be able to be look like him, right? Because he's our creator. One of the questions we're talking about today that I want you to keep thinking through your head today is if there's fruit in our lives, there's always a root. And I'm, this message is not about the fruit root thing, which I really could do a whole message on because I think it's so fascinating. But the question today is, what is plaguing you? What is, what is in the pipeline that's causing you not to have the kind of fruit you want? Specifically in the area of faithfulness. We're going to look at this word faithfulness real quick in Galatians 5.22. This word um, faithfulness is in the Greek word called pistis. And what it means, its root is actually faith. It's also another word, pistis. Pistos is translated faithful. So the question is, is Paul talking about in this series of fruits of the Spirit, is he talking about faith or faithfulness? And the NIV translators decided to go with faithfulness. And they, they conclude that the fruit is faithfulness, but the root is faith. It's really important for us to get that this morning because there is a direct result, like I already said, with God's faith and our, our faithfulness. And throughout Scripture, when, he, when they're talking about God's character, throughout Scripture, Pistas is always associated many times with the Lord's character because he is faith. He is the covenant maker. He is the covenant keeper. Even when we don't keep our end of the bargain, he always keeps his end of the bargain. And because of that, he gives us the ability to walk out faithfulness. So many of you are like, well, what does faithfulness mean? Well, in Latin, faithfulness means to trust, to have faith in, to abide in. But another simple definition is faithful means to be loyal, full of faith and trust. Firmly and reasonably staying with a person, a cause, a belief, an idea, to without waver despite circumstances. So we're going to focus this morning real quickly on the story of the talents. And it's from Matthew 25. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and declared, delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of these servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many, many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, who'd received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. 
His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But to him who does not have, even what he has, has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what is important for us to know about this is we're going to kind of break this apart, is Jesus was talking about the end times. His disciples have been, are not kind of beeping. Is that, no, just my head. Okay, I'm hearing things. <laughs> um, sorry. Let's <laughs> be real here. So the context of the story is that Jesus is trying to explain to them the end times. And they're asking, what, what, what's it going to look like? And he's describing, it's going to come like a thief in the night. He tells the, the parable of the ten virgins, the chapter before. And so in this parable, we could say one thing is that he's, he's talking about when he's, he's presenting truth to us many times, and we don't want to bury the truth. And when he comes back, we don't have the truth, right? We don't want to be sent out and out into the utter darkness. But we're going to focus on the faithfulness part. And I had a man come up to me after a first service, and he said, you know, I've never understood this passage. I always thought it talked about money. And it's not talking specifically about money. We can apply it to money. In the NIV, you know, it talks about bags of gold. This translation is um, talents. But the point is, it's what God's given us. Are we faithful? So we're going to break it down a couple ways. The first one, verse 15, shares with us that God has wired each of us with different abilities and giftings. It says, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. For some of you, that may be a bummer, you know, realization to others. You're like, praise the Lord, you know, but whatever your situation is, is being faithful to what he's given you and not what he's given someone else. We cannot fall into that trap that, oh, if I had their salary, if I had their spouse, well, if I had their kids, if I had their job, if I had their platform or their talents or hobbies or whatever, you fill in the blank, then my life would be better and then I could fulfill what God has called in my life. That is not the truth. The truth is he's saying, are you going to be faithful with what he's given you right now? And if you can't say yes to the next thing in front of you, why would he trust you with this if he gives you this and you aren't even faithful with that? If you want to lead a life group, you know what? Then come to life group every week and bring the snack you signed up for. I mean, that sounds so easy, but seriously, like as a life group leader, I mean, you sign up, bring it. That's faithfulness. And it sounds little, but I'm not going to ask you to lead a huge, uh, you know, life group if you don't ever show up on time, you're never prepared and you don't bring your snack. Cause we all like to eat, right? Let's just talk about it. I mean, come on, let's just get real. Also the grass, you know, you've heard that phrase, grass is always greener on the other side. It's not, it's not. And you all, we, we tend, I heard this at a conference a couple years ago, how you can look at someone else's grass and go, oh, I wish I, you know, I wish I was, had that grass. And the truth is if you were transplanted and put in their grass, you wouldn't be happy because you weren't created for that grass. You're created for the grass. Look below you. There's grass underneath your feet. God has uniquely, uniquely gifted you for the time and place and purposes for your life right now in the job that you have, in the beautiful children that you have, in the awesome spouse that you have. God has, has, has ordained it, and he will see it to completion. 
I think of um, Paul Coulter. There's so many. There's so many people in this body that I think of faithfulness. Paul Coulter, I shared in the first service. You know, Paul um, is an accountant, and obviously has a heart for, heart for the nations because he works with the SLNI arm of our church. And we were in Hawaii for nine years, and every month, faithfully, you get an email from Paul. You know, every email, you know, every month, talking about you know if anybody's giving you money. You know, always a good email, usually, or you know, <laughs> oh. but um, but it's faithfulness. Faithfulness is a day as long. He's used his heart for the nations. And I guarantee you in heaven one day, he's going to have, he's going to reap. He's going to reap in the nations because of what he's sown from his desk in Fort Worth, Texas. And that's what's awesome about the God's economy. It, it's not like our economy, right? I think of, I mean, Kim Miller, faithful as the day is long, Kim. Faithful as the, Pam Smith, Faithful as day is long to pray every every Sunday morning at eight o'clock over there. Even if she was by herself, she'd do it. I mean, faithfulness, guys. Using what God's given you to be faithful. Secondly, another point we could take from the story is God doesn't compare the fruit of your faithfulness with others. Verse 21 says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is great news, guys. The pressure's off. You don't have you, you don't have to compare yourself with someone else. You don't have to look at the giftings of someone else and be like, well, bummer that I didn't get that. It's more like looking in the mirror and see what God's given you. You know, I, I, especially spiritual gifts, this can happen. You can see people that are gifted with spiritual gifts. You're like, oh, I wish I had that gift. Well, I remember when we first moved back here, we went on a treasure hunt. And um, I think Con and I ended up taking some of the youth to the mall. And Ben Moss took some people somewhere. We all come back. And we're sharing testimonies. And honestly, we... We got to pray for a person or two, but it was, that's about it that happened that night. Ben comes back. He's like, went to the park, had a vision. Three people got saved. And I was like, what? Who is that person? You know, but it's not, but we don't need to look that. We don't need to look at it that way. We need to look at God has gifted him that way. God has gifted you that way. If God's given you the gift of encouragement, write letters of encouragement. People are dying for encouragement. God's given you the gift of service. Serve the church. Show up. Faithful servants, all the people that show up every Sunday to make this thing work, that open their homes for life groups. I mean, guys, I could go on and on, but that is when we're using our faithfulness and not comparing our fruit to other people. He said the same thing to the, to the, to the servant that brought 10 talents as the, the servant that brought four. He didn't say, oh, you're more high and lifted up because you made more. No, he said, because you were faithful. All he's asking you to do is be faithful to what he's given you. So the question is, have you been faithful to what's in front of you? That's where you'll go if you just keep saying yes. What about Bob? That movie, you know, the baby steps? What about Bob? Baby steps. And I know it sounds crazy, but many times we want to leap over. You know, an example of this, I was here in my early, in my singles years, and I had a heart for the nations. I thought I should have been in the nations like four years before that kind of deal. If you um, were here last summer, I, I talked about surrender. The part of, part of being faithful is I was here, I ended up being the children's pastor, and I had a heart for the nations. I wanted to be in the nations, but I wanted to be faithful here, and obviously the God wasn't opening the door for the for me to go to the nations yet. So what I do? Well, I poured in my heart for the nations and the kids here. I started putting nations in the curriculum. And guys, there's fruit now. I mean, most of the kids that were in my first children's ministry round are now in college. They've been to Peru. They've been to Mozambique. They've been to Greece. And, and I'm not saying I'm c completely responsible at all, but I've had a little tiny bit of a piece of that because I was faithful with what was in front of me and not with, well, I'm not going to do anything until I'm on the mission field. I mean, Kathy never would be going to Asia if God didn't trust her and she was sharing her faith here. Because when you fly across the water, it doesn't change anything. 
If you're not doing it here, you're not going to do it there. Okay, another thing we can learn from this story is fear and shame can keep us from being able to be faithful. You know, the third servant, his response was, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Fear and shame work together many times, and we see it here. They keep us from able to be faithful. You know, maybe he looked, maybe he's sitting there, and let's say Micah and Kim, he gave Micah five and Kim two, and he gave me one. <laughs> I mean, immediately, you know, the enemy came, shame. Why didn't you give what Micah got? Why didn't you give me talents as Kim got? You know, and maybe Micah was the ultimate servant. Maybe he was there before everybody else. He finished the job. Well, maybe, honestly, it says he gave to the ability. Maybe I just wasn't being faithful. But that's not the point is that shame can enter in. And out of fear, he totally went and hid. And that's what shame does. It makes you want to hide and not come out in the light. And literally, he went and he buried it, thinking it was just going to go away. He probably was really sad when he saw the master come back. He was probably like, okay, I should have done something with the the money he gave me. But he didn't. He was fear. He was fear-driven. And we do that too. We look at what others have and we feel shame because we don't have that. And then we don't do anything with what we have. And God wants you to be faithful with what he's given you. And he will empower you to be faithful with the little so that he can give you more. He wants to give you more. He wants to expand your favor. Acting in fear is always the opposite of acting in faith. Fear is no trust in him. Faith is total trust in him. You know, in parenting, I always ask myself this. Am I, is this decision made in fear or faith? And many times I, I have made decisions out of fear. And then there's a few times I have made a decision out of faith. My 14-year-old just went to Uganda, and I don't know how many people have asked me, he went by himself? Well, I mean, not literally by himself with youth group, but I mean, they're like, he went without you guys? Well, he's only 14. Well, I mean, were you afraid? Are you nervous? I mean, I can't tell you the questions, and I'm always like, no. I mean, there was some nervousness of like, oh, I wonder how he'll handle this situation if this happens, that kind of deal. But we heard, we were resolved. We heard the Lord, hey, if Joshua wants to go to Uganda, he can go. And so we walked out in faith and we didn't let fear say, you are not going, you're not going to another country without me. And I'm not here to discuss all that kind of stuff, but I'm just saying there's decisions we make out of fear and out of faith. And we want to be women and men and kids of faith where we hear the Lord and we walk out and we know he's going to have our back. And even if something had happened, even if something had happened, I would have known he was supposed to go because God had told me. So I'm going to kind of go through a couple of ways of how we can grow in our faithfulness. I already covered three. For one, it's understanding how he's wired and gifted us. It's that we don't want to compare ourselves with other people. We want to deal with the roots of fear and shame. And a lot of that is done by getting things out in the light. Anything that's in the darkness, guys, the enemy comes and has a heyday. He comes and has a picnic with you and just lies to you. And, and if, if, you, if you get this out in the light, it will destroy you. It will ruin your marriage. It will ruin this. And the truth is it's not true. Get it out in the light. Confess shame. Confess fear. Bind up fear and release faith. I've been trying to pray, you know, binding and releasing prayers this last probably six months in my family. When I see something we don't like, binding up, you know, so you, just, you can imagine binding, gathering up fear and just releasing it and getting faith instead. And those are the kind of prayers that will break things like this. So another way we can grow in faithfulness is being faithful with whatever's in front of us, whether big or small. I kind of hit on this before, but when we're faithful with a little, he will give us more. 
He says, you've been faith, the, the, the master said, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. If you want more, ask him for more. If you want more favor, if you want more, more territory, does that make sense? I think so many times we, we, we can bellyache and say, well, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And instead of just going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to be faithful with the next thing you have for me, open an opportunity for me to be faithful and help me to be faithful in this area. And you keep doing that and pretty soon you will not be where you're at. And whatever area this is, if you want more favor in the business world, you want more favor with um, your a teacher in your career or you're at school and you want more favor with your classmates. I mean, this can go across the board. Ask the Lord. It says you have not because you ask not. And I'm here this morning to say, ask. Ask for him to provide opportunities for you to, to, to be faithful. You know, I, um, when people say they're going to you know, run a marathon, I'm always like, wow. I mean, I've never ran a marathon. But a couple things I think, I think, wow, that's going to take a lot of physical endurance, a lot of mental endurance, and a lot of time. I mean, no one just goes and says, hey, look, there's a marathon next week. I'm going to go. I mean, you don't do that. You physically can't do that. But we do that spiritually. You know, Joyce Meyer says we want you know, drive-through breakthrough. We want to drive through the spiritual drive-through and go, I would like a breakthrough in my marriage. Oh, God, it's only been three minutes. Will you please hurry? I mean, really. That, I mean, we don't, want, we don't want the process. And we want to be faithful and we want the process. And this goes into the next one, not giving up even when circumstances are hard. Romans 5 says that hard things, suffering produces, what does it do? It produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And then it says hope does not disappoint. It does not disappoint. Faithfulness is character. When, I, when you hear someone say they are faithful, then you know that down deep they have a character in them that is driving that. Finishing a commitment and trusting him to give you grace and finishing things well. You know, this can be a hard one. There's sometimes we commit to things and we're, things literally change. I mean, I, what's the reason I love the, the, this message about faithfulness is because I think there's kind of a scale. Sometimes, I mean, and I'm the one that's like, I will be faithful if I kill myself to be faithful to what I said I'm going to do. Sometimes to a fault. Like sometimes if the Lord's like, hey, you need to get out of that commitment. I'm like, oh, the people pleaser thing. Oh, I don't want to disappoint, right? So that's not good. But there's a point where we, we're walking in faithfulness and sometimes the Lord says, hey, you, you know, you need to move on to something. You need to move on from this. And in those cases, my encouragement is to leave things well. How you exit something is how you will enter something. If you, if you leave... Um, you're changing schools and you leave a school and you're just like, I don't like that school. And, and da, 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 da. even if it was all true, which it's not, but even if it was all true, you know how you're going to enter the next school with disgruntlement. I mean, you see the parent, you know, their kids have been to five or six schools. They're never happy with the school. Well, the problem, you know, maybe them and not necessarily the school, right? Cause they're exiting and entering the wrong way. A job. I love this example. Cause Conan, we moved to Hawaii. Um, he had a job that he had here. And got there and just wasn't the same, and it was hard, and he was didn't like it, and it was, it was struggle. And finally, we're like, okay, something has to change. You know, if you need to go get a job um, flipping burgers, that's you know, we can. Let's do that because this whole thing is hard, right? Anybody had a hard job before? So he applied. He saw an opening for in his profession. He's an engineer, and so he applied for this job. 
We didn't hear anything. We thought it was kind of strange because he had some experience for the job. And meanwhile, he came across a book called Honor's Reward by John Brevere, and it's on honor. And Connor read it and was deeply convicted that he had not walked under the authority um, of his boss and been and complained and, and, and saw faults in him, right, wrong, or indifferent. Conan made a conscious decision. Um, last night I was going over this with Conan, and I said, and Conan apologized, and he's like, well, I don't know if I apologize. So I, I want to make the story clear. But he goes, I made a conscious effort to come under authority of his boss, and he was released. He stopped, work really stopped being there to him because he came under the authority of his boss. And you know what happened as soon as that happened? The other job came available, and Conan was able to leave that job because God had, God wants us to succeed, y'all. He wants us in these areas when he opens a door for us. He's not like, oh, I hope she fails and you're going back to square one. No, he's like, I want you to be faithful. He, he expanded time for Conan because he wanted Conan to get this lesson of authority in work. And the fruit that that has produced, so worth it. And I'm so thankful that he, that he bent the knee and came under authority so much that he left that job, the company that he left, when we moved back to Fort Worth, they offered him a job here. They're all, I mean, that's how well he left. He very easily could have burnt bridges and left. And so my, my encouragement to us is, you know, to leave well, even when circumstances are hard. My dad's here. Where's my dad? My dad's here. And I, I can't speak on a sermon about faithfulness without mentioning my parents because they are so faithful. I've been a, given a beautiful inheritance. And my mom, um, she got on dialysis about five years ago. She passed away this past December. In the last two and a half years, she was on a thing called peritoneal dialysis that you have to be hooked up to a computer at your house for like eight hours every night, eight or 10 hours every night. And it's about a 45 minute process to get her on, either the gloves and the mask and all that stuff, because you can't get an infection or it won't work. I mean, you'll get sick and all that stuff. So my dad, I mean, faithful as the day is long, he hooked her up every morning and every night for two and a half years, and I never heard him complain. I mean, Connor has a cold for a week, and I'm like, dude, get over it, you know? <laughs> like, move on. I mean, and, but my, I mean, my dad, faithful, faithful as the day is long. Like, and with joy, you'd come in there and you'd watch him, and he'd be like, smiling and make these jokes about the mask and he rubber feet and I'm just like who are you because he's someone who's faithful he has deep deep character he was talking to a friend of his a colleague in, in the business world who also was thinking about getting on peritoneal dialysis and was kind of nervous and my dad was telling me he's like encouraging him oh your wife it'll be a blessing for her she, you should do this it'll be a blessing for her to help you and it, my first thought was that's not always the case dad for you it's a blessing for many people, they would see it as a burden. But because my dad is a faithful person, he saw it as a blessing. Does that make sense? And my mom, I mean, faithful. My mom and dad started going to this camp for kids with CPS about 17 years ago. And, and this is a great story, too, about taking what, what God's given you. My mom was girly. She loved tea. She loved to make things beautiful. And if you know my mom, that's, that was her. So she went to this camp. Um, which was a stretch for all of us when we heard she was going to camp. We're like, really? Like my mom never had a bowl of cold cereal like her whole life, that kind of deal. So she went to camp, and she, but she introduced this high tea to these girls, and she, she would collect and buy and gather all cup and saucer for every girl that came to camp. And now it's become this huge production. They dress up. I mean, it's a huge deal. And this last time she did it, which was a year ago, June, 
she was really, really sick. And we were spent the night at a friend's house, my sister and I, my dad, the, the night before. And I, we were like, I don't think she's going to be able to actually go to the tea. And my mom years ago could have been like, I've been faithful. And she had been. And I'm time for me not to go to the tea anymore. But she, she pressed in. And this last two weeks ago, Lexi, my sister and I got to go. And we got to do my mom's part of the tea. And as we were up there sharing, I mean, half the counselors were crying. At first, I thought they were crying. I wasn't sure why they were. I knew they weren't crying because of what we were saying. But I thought they were crying because of how cute the girls were. And they're going to share it. You know, do, a lot of them had never been to high tea. They didn't know what tea was. But then I realized, no, they're crying because of my mom. The legacy my mom left in faithfulness. Faithful as the day is long, you know, that's what we want to be. When we get up to heaven one day, we want him to look at us and go, good job, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't y'all want that? I do. Another way that we can grow in faithfulness is seeing success as being faithful to the process. Andy Stanley in a book, Visionaring, if you're, if you're a visionary, this is a great book. Our staff's reading it. It's been really great. He has a, great, a couple things to say. He says there's a tendency to confuse success with the rewards of success. Success comes way before the rewards. You know, as a parent, you're trying to sow into your kids, and, you know, and you're like, okay, as an adult, you want them as an adult to love the Lord, to have a relationship with you, to be successful in life. Once you get to this point, this is the reward. The success is this. And many times we get him confused. He says, if you are where God wants you, fulfilling the responsibilities he has given you, you are successful. Again, if you are where God wants you and you're fulfilling the responsibilities that he's given you, then you, he sees you as successful. It doesn't matter what the world sees you as. He sees you as successful. He goes on to say that every day you're faithful, where you are with what you have is a successful is is a successful day. Isn't that great news? That we don't have to carry the burden of trying to c- compete with other people, compare our giftings, even compare our fruit as, as Christians, wanting to be a, a, as a person who wants fruit for the Lord, but not comparing our fruits to other people. It's so freeing. One of the last ways we can be faithful and grow in is by reminding ourselves of His faithfulness and trusting His character. I'm going to go and have the worship team come up. We're going to have the ministry team come up in a minute. My question is, is does my level of faithfulness relate with my level of faith and trust in God? And that's the my, I really want you guys to get that today. If I don't believe that he's good and he has my best interest at heart, then I will not trust to keep going when things get difficult. When things in front of me change, when I change my mind, since we've been back from Hawaii, we moved back two years ago. Um, been through, been to five funerals, which to me, I mean, that sounds like a lot. It is a lot. And there's a group of women here today with my dad. There were some of my mom's best friends that came to hear me this morning. Before I knew they were going to be here, though, I was going to talk about their husbands because their husbands were men of faith. And going to funerals is so encouraging when there are believers and you see how someone takes what God's given them and just offered it up and said, Lord, reproduce it. Barbara is here and her husband, her and Bill, years ago, before even the whole healing, the 
are the denomination that we grew up in wasn't real big about that God could supernaturally heal you. And they believed it. And they opened their home for 17 years every Monday night to see people healed. They saw hundreds of people, thousands of people come through their house. I'm not talking like an hour prayer meeting. I'm talking three to four hours every Monday night, opening their home. The passion that God gave them, they had a, a house that could that host people and they had a heart for healing. My best friend's dad passed away. He had a heart for photography. He'd go into high school and take pictures of athletes. Many guys whose dads wouldn't come to the games and they would get pictures from her dad. A sweet friend who my parents got to know when we were in college. We would vacation with him. When he died, he had Parkinson's. And at his funeral, his granddaughter shared how he couldn't talk at the end, but he still was worshiping the Lord. He turned the praise music on. He would just worship before the Lord. That's faithfulness, guys. And God empowers us to be faithful just with the thing in front of us. One last story. One of our family friends, I didn't get to go to the funeral, but she passed away about two weeks ago. My dad was telling me about the funeral. He's like, Lindy, this was an unbelievable funeral. Because her son had been away from the Lord 20, 30 years. He was a grown man. And he come back while she was sick the last week or so. And talk about, I mean, she, this lady was faithful. She always would bring pies. I mean, she was in that generation that would just bring you a homemade pie. And you're like, what? And then, you know, bless you with food. Love the Lord. And at the very end of her life, she would, she would not pass on. And the hospice nurse came in to talk to the family. And they're like, Something, something's unresolved. She's not, she's not wanting to pass on. She needs, there's some unresolved issue. And her son came in. And he just came before her and said, Mom, I'm going to come back to the Lord. I'm sorry. And he's, the Lord's been working in my heart. I don't know all the details. I don't want to exaggerate the truth. But he literally came. And the minute he, he spoke those words, she died. I mean, talk about faithful. Faithful to the promise that I'm waiting to the very end. And I'm not giving up until I see. And that is not something we can conjure up, God. It's something the Lord does in our hearts. And he has deposited those seeds all those seeds of the fruits of the Spirit. Every week if you leave and you're like, oh, I wish I had more of this. I wish We have access to it. We have it. He wants to give it to us. So I'm just going to do a corporate ministry little moment here before we call the ministry team up. I want everybody to close your eyes. And I want you to just think of, Lord, what's an area? What's one area where you are calling me to be faithful, that I need help, that I'm wanting just to throw in the towel or run the other direction or bury it and it always comes back when we sweep things under the carpet. It will always come back. And the Lord wants to find the root. He wants to put a new root system in us. And where there's bad fruit, He wants to give us good fruit. He wants to change out the root systems if we've created things that aren't of Him. So Lord, I'm asking right now you to speak. I just want you to visualize giving that to the Lord, that area, and I'm just going to pray over you. So, Lord, I'm just asking you to come right now, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to come in those areas where we need your revelation, where we need to have something come under us to help us to be faithful. We repent of the times we've been unfaithful. We've been lazy. Or we just haven't wanted to do something, Lord. We're asking for you to come and empower us, Father. We're asking for spirits of fear and shame to be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, we exchange, we exchange 
fear. We give fear to you and we ask you to give us faith in exchange, Father. We're asking the spirit of faith to come down this morning. Jesus, you said you're the author and perfecter of faith. We're asking you to perfect it in us. We want to be people that are known in our jobs, in our, in our classes, if we're a student, in our kids' schools, in church, in our, in our areas of influence as someone who's faithful. So we're asking right now for an exchange to happen. We bind fear, we release faith. We bind shame, we release acceptance.